Cerulean is a billing, charging and customer relationship management software solutions provider. Its chief executive is Louis Hall. So Louis, last time we spoke, you talked about planning up the value chain ladder and continuing to win deals with bigger, bigger customers. Now, is this what your most recent results are reflecting as the word record appears frequently in the investor update? Absolutely. I, I think we're we're seeing um continuing to see, see the benefits of that. Uh so what you're seeing is some of those uh larger customers increasing their spending with us and, and that's certainly responsible for a lot of our, our, our growth last year. Uh, and that's particularly the bigger ones. So smaller ones too, but you know the, the majority of that growth is is driven by large customers. Also we're pleased to be able to announce a, a, a tier one customer sale, new customer sale, new logo sale about a month ago. Um, and, and that's a project that we're, we're, we're starting now, it's already underway. But I think that will, it's another, another proof point of our ability to get these larger telcos to, to um, accept our model and, and our SaaS uh, software as a service approach. And how have you managed to achieve this amid challenging, challenging economic conditions? Yes, I think I think um, perhaps we could overplay the challenging card a little bit. Uh, I, I think that telco is critical infrastructure, and you know, just like we need gas and electricity and water, we're always going to need comms and the ability to have uh, you know, internet service at home and watch TV and and so on uh, is is pretty fundamental. So I think it's not perhaps quite as challenging as the broader macro environment, but equally, I think when telcos are perhaps slowing down on some of the infrastructure investments. The next thing they're looking at doing is how do I better monetize the infrastructure investment I already have, uh, whether that's into, into, into fiber broadband, uh, 5G, 4G even. Um, you know, the, the, then they would look at the enterprise software there that sits around those infrastructure investments, and that's how they would come to create more innovative packages, to differentiate themselves differently in the market. That's all about using the software that we provide to them. I'm going to be devil's advocate, just sort of cherry picking items from the most recent results. And they showed a strong back order book. Now, this needs a bit of explanation because to me, a strong back order book suggests you've reached capacity is the struggle to fulfill client commitments. That, that's a good question. Uh, I think that uh, the the reality is that back order gives you uh, visibility and bearing in mind that a lot of the engagements we're involved in with with new customers for example will involve implementation programs that will take you know, 9 12 or 18 months in some cases to complete so the the the, the backlog is obviously spread over a period and, and actually we we say that um about 45 percent of that backlog will get recognized over the next 12 months so so I think it's a healthy backlog. I, I don't think we're 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 over capacity, but we're certainly um, you know obviously we're expanding resources all the time. So you know we to to do that to to grow we need to do that. So I think you know we we are healthily um, approaching capacity at any point in time, rather than you know completely overburdened or or, or having spare capacity sat on the bench. Because that's what I was going to ask. Is capacity and the ability to fulfill orders the biggest challenge facing Cerulean now? I think to, to achieve 
to keep achieving the growth we're achieving, we need to sell more fundamentally more software revenue. We need to earn more software revenue. And the, with our model, larger customers drive larger software subscription fees because our, our subscription fees are based on the number of end users a, a telco has. So if a telco has a million mobile customers, it's a million times X a month. If it's 2 million, it's 2 million times X a month. So larger customers will drive higher software revenues. Uh, and um, those, of course, come without much of an incremental cost in terms of people. So capacity then isn't the limiting factor because in reality, the services required to implement a customer with 1 million mobile customers, as in a, a telco with 1 million mobile customers, as opposed to a telco with 2 million is, is not that different. But obviously the subscription fees we can earn are, are higher. So, so it's not a linear increase in, to, in, in people with, with, with revenue growth. In terms of people, you've expanded in Sofia and Bulgaria and there's newer centres in India. So what purpose are they serving and are more resources of this nature being being planned? Right. So Bulgaria is important because it gives us a European foothold. And post-Brexit, I think a lot of a lot of businesses in our sector are having to address that because there is a requirement, a safety requirement in some countries to have uh, support services, for example, provided from within the EU. So, so that was important to us. Also, um, it, it's useful to have EU passport holders because they can uh, travel and work freely in other European countries where we also have a lot of customers. So, so, so really, that's what Bulgaria is about. Having said that, it also gives us a, a, another base in which to recruit talent. And there's a lot of talented software and telco people in Sofia. Uh, in India, we've diversified to two other regional centres really to sort of help counterbalance some of the overheating we were seeing a couple of years ago that has calmed down a lot but i think it's helpful to have those other skill centers because and they do address different kinds of skill sets so in Ahmedabad, we're focusing on support services resources in indoor we're focusing on mobile app um, skills so we found pockets of those skills in different parts of the country and i think that that's um there's a virtuous circle if you like so you've got this pool of talent this virtuous circle i'm wondering what other initiatives have been introduced into the offering this year. How are you future-proofing the business? Very good question. So, so we're, we're constantly redeveloping the software modules and, and enhancing the feature sets. I think one of the most interesting things this year has been the application of AI into the product set. So we've introduced with our, our latest release back in October, uh, the, the first real application of AI to product features. And... The, the particular use case we, we've introduced is the ability for telco product marketing people to write out in words the definition of a new product. And bear in mind, we're talking about quite complex quad play products where typically telcos will bundle mobile services with broadband services, with TV packages and with the home, traditional home phone service. And the combinations of those things, you know, how many mobile, mobile uh, users are there, how many handset options are there, what about different data speeds and different TV packages and so on. Uh, that, that can be really complicated. Uh, so what, we, what we've provided is the ability to, for, for telco marketing people to, to, to write out in words, you know, I want to provide this package, it's going to have mobile service, it's going to have basic broadband and then basic TV. And if I want to add sport, it's going to cost an extra X. And if I want to add basic movie channel, an extra Y and, and so on and so on and so on. And when we hit the uh, the, the button, um, AI will go off and generate all the data structures needed to represent that product in the software and bring that up on the screen with all of the kind of colorful 
graphics as to how that project, how that product's constructed. Um, now, a task that might take a, a good product marketing person a couple of days sometimes can be completed within a minute, within a minute or so. So that's that's quite an impressive uh, impressive use, I think, of, of AI. But interesting, I think AI is going to be as important in terms of productivity for us in developing and maintaining software as it is in the product features we can offer to end customers. So I think it's it's going to be revolutionary across the board. So as you and I speak today, COP28 is going on in Dubai, and there's a lot of discussion about gen AI, generative AI. So yeah. to uninitiated, what problems does it solve and what opportunities does it offer? Well, I think the, the game changer with generative AI is it is about creating new things. Um, so this is where AI, rather than just screening data or filtering data or doing programmable things that are predetermined, is actually you know, creating new stuff. So, for example, it will write articles about software businesses, about the financial services markets. It'll it will it will create images from you know from its own vast data set, but you know create things that didn't exist before. So that's the generative part of the of, of the AI, the, the the creative part, which I think is 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 is, is truly uh, revolutionary. So going back to how we started in terms of chasing those bigger, bigger clients, you know, what's the strategy to do that? What can you offer them and who are they now? That's a good question. So I think what we're seeing is that the, the market for these complex telco enterprise software suites is coming around more and more to the software as a service approach. So what we're offering is a standard product for all customers that works out of the box on day one. And it can be upgraded uh, pretty much automatically twice a year. And that gives you a massive advantage in terms of cost, because this is much cheaper than having a, a solution tailor-made to fit. And it's much faster to deliver. So the time to market is, 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 is way better. So I think on those two major factors, we, we win. And, and we win increasingly with large customers. But also just in terms of the risk factors, some of these very large enterprise software projects that telcos have run over the years never finish and uh, you know never never complete with vast losses in terms of sunk investment. So I think if you add on the sort of lower risk element and time to market and, and total cost of ownership benefits, uh, you know, I think we're, we're, we're very well placed to see that that um, develop more. So in addition to the return on investment that all your clients are wanting what do all your tier one two three customers want what's the emerging theme the trend what's the need i, I think that well increasingly it's really just to reiterate re 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 what I, I i just said that they increasingly want solutions that can be deployed you know, rapidly not not in five years not 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 at a cost of hundreds of millions of dollars but for you know a few tens of millions of dollars, so so I think those are significant significant themes that stretch across one, two, and three. And of course, what's interesting is that you know ten years ago that was only really an approach that a tier three telco would look at, whereas today we're seeing you know certainly the uh, larger tier twos and some of the tier ones now coming around to this this view. And I think that that's a, a really fundamental shift in the market, which is working in our favour, playing to our strengths. 
to finally allow me one more reiteration. Record revenue achieved as per what we learned in the most recent investor update. What's the plan to maintain this and make it a feature of regulatory statements to come? I, I think more of the same. We need to keep winning these larger deals. We need to uh, you know, keep winning software as a service deals, which is the standard uh, approach for us today. Uh, and we need to win more of these tier ones. And you know, in doing that, we'll increase not just software uh, content of revenue. So we'll push up the percentage of say, software, essentially mainly software license within the revenue, uh, but also we'll increase recurring revenues. And, and, and those are really important things in terms of being able to have predictable long-term you know, recurring growth at this level. Lovely. Louis Hall, Chief Executive of Cerulean, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Sarah. This podcast was brought to you by Master Investor. For more investment and economics analysis, please visit masterinvestor.co.uk.